Good morning and welcome to Shouts of Grace. This morning we are going to be continuing our study through the book of Psalms. And of course we come to Psalm 126 through 130 today. Now I, I just had to stop and, and think about this. Man, we are really marching through this. I mean already to Psalm 130 if you're reading this. I hope that you've been able to keep up with this uh, because it really is neat to to accomplish something like reading through the book of Psalms in a month. I mean, this is th- this is more chapters than it would be if you're reading through the Bible in a year. Now, of course, sometimes Psalms are a little bit shorter than some other chapters of Scripture, but when you look at it in reading plans, generally uh, you look at the idea of reading through the Bible in a year is a little bit more than three chapters a day. If you're to start in Genesis three and a half chapters or so a day. So if you read three chapters one day, four chapters the next, three chapters the next day, four chapters the next, so on and so forth, um, you would actually get done it in a little bit quicker than a year at that pace because I think it's really like 3.3 chapters or something like that a day. But uh, then you look at reading through the Bible in eight months, that's five chapters of Scripture a day. So if you have kept up with this pace— You've been keeping up with the pace of reading through the Bible in eight months. Now, like I said, Psalms can be a little bit uh, shorter a lot of times than other chapters, but then or other books of the Bible. But then you also have Psalm 119. But if you were able to keep up with this, you you know that for a month you stayed on pace to read through the Bible in eight months. That is pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Most people don't read through the Bible in their entire life. Most Christians don't do that. So uh, I'm not necessarily throwing out a challenge for you to read through the Bible or anything like that in a year or eight months, but I just want you to know that you were able to keep pace for a month if you've kept pace so far. And of course, then you got to finish strong too. And so I want to encourage you to finish strong, but I also want to encourage you to, to really consider that uh, because maybe God is working in your life to grow your devotional life so that you're uh, spending more time in His Word. It's not all about just reading as many chapters as you can or checking off a checklist or crossing off that day's reading, but it is about knowing Him and knowing Him more. And a lot of times that takes reading a little bit more or taking a little bit more time in your reading. You know, when it comes to devotions, I, I've done a lot of different things uh, in my life, whether it's you know reading through uh, in a very short order of the Bible or whether it's going and studying it out. I think I mentioned in the Psalm 23 series that I spent um, over a month, I think it was a couple months, if I remember right, just studying Psalm 23. Just studying Psalm 23. Obviously, that's not reading a whole lot of Scripture. That's just reading one chapter and studying it out as, as far as as I was able. But there have been other times where I've read a lot of chapters of Scripture, but the bigger thing that I found is getting that discipline of a daily time and expanding on that time, working on growing that amount of time that you're spending with God, and of course, going and making sure that you're doing it daily. And so instead of going and looking at your devotions like a checklist, and even if you're trying to do different things with your devotions, I just want to encourage you, focus more on those two ideas of how can I expand the time through discipline, and how can I improve on my faithfulness and the discipline of faithfulness by getting it to a daily devotions. And those are the things that are going to help you the most. 
But today we're going to be looking at Psalm 127 and Psalm 128. Psalm 127 and Psalm 128. And it says this, Unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain who build it. Unless the Lord guards the city, the watchmen stay awake in vain. It is vain for you to rise up early, to sit up late, to eat the bread of sorrows, for he, for so he gives his beloved sleep. Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord. The fruit of the womb is a reward. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior, so are the children of one's youth. Happy is the man who has his quiver full of them. They shall not be ashamed, but shall speak with their enemies in the gate. And Psalm 128 says this, Blessed is everyone who fears the Lord, who walk in his ways. When you eat the labor of your hand, you shall be happy, and it shall be well with you. Your wife shall be like a fruitful vine in the very heart of your house. Your children and all a plant all around your table. Behold, thus shall the man be blessed who fears the Lord. The Lord bless you out of Zion, and may you see the good of Jerusalem all the days of your life. Yes, may you see your children's children. Peace be upon you. Now I want to come back to Psalm 127, and I want to connect the two. Of course, there's a, a big connection with the second half of Psalm 127 and uh, Psalm 128, as it really gets into that idea of family life. But Psalm 127, the first thing that I think is really interesting about this is that Solomon is the author of Psalm 127. So most of the Psalms, of course, are, are associated with David. Uh, you know, he, he's not the only one who wrote Psalms. Moses wrote some, Asaph wrote some, you know, there's there's all different people who wrote Psalms, but David is the primary author of the book of Psalms and the one who we think of in the, the biggest psalmist. And then, of course, you think of the book of Proverbs. That's, of course, Solomon, that you look at that. And uh, we see something interesting, though, in Psalm 127, because this is Solomon writing a psalm, which a psalm, of course, is a song that's inspired by God here, and it's written down and recorded in Scripture. They would actually sing these to music. And we start off and we see, unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain who build it. Unless the Lord guards the city, the watchmen stay awake in vain. It is vain for you to rise up early, to sit up late, to eat the bread of sorrow, uh, for so he gives his beloved sleep. The first part of this is interesting because it really touches on this concept that unless it's God who is behind something, it really makes the labor in vain. You know, it doesn't matter if you're trying to build a house. It doesn't matter if you're trying to protect a city. It doesn't matter if you're trying to be a watchman or something like that. If you are rebelling against the will of God, you need to understand something. It's not going to work. It's in vain. I mean, perhaps even worse off is that it does work for a little while, because if it does work for a little while, when it goes against God's will, what ends up happening? It ends up toppling down, and its destruction is tremendously great. You cannot thwart the will of God. I mean, ultimately, people, you, you know, they reject the will of God in their life. They don't accept the will of God in their life, and they rebel against God. But ultimately, these things come to ruin. They end up becoming a vanity. They end up just just doing nothing. And, and I want you to stop and think about that for a little bit, because what is the work of your life? How would you describe the work of your life? 
Have you earnestly sought God's will in your life so that you can make sure that your life's work is not in vain? How terrible would it be if you lived all of your life, even if you labored hard, even if you had good work ethic, even if you went and you accomplished a lot according to to, to human standard, but at the end of the day, you look out and you realize it was all for naught. It was all vanity. It was all just a passing of the wind, and it came toppling down, and there's no legacy that's left. There's no lasting impact of your life. That would stink. That would just be terrible. Nobody wants that in their life. But unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain who build it. Unless the Lord guards the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. You can go and put that in whatever your life's mission is, whatever your life's purpose, whatever you are living for, whatever you're working and striving for in your life. If you go and you put that in your in, in your your phrase, whatever it's you know, uh, unless uh, unless the Lord builds the business, they labor in vain who build it. Unless. The, the Lord, you know, whatever it is that you're, you're trying to accomplish with your life, unless the Lord is in it, it's in vain. It's in vain. And that's what it's talking about here when it says, uh, for, he, for so he gives his beloved sleep. What it's talking about is to guarding the city, to be a watchman. And it's saying, even if you rise up early so that you can defend the city, even if you then go and stay up late and you're not giving much sleep, it, it's in vain because, look, God even gives his beloved sleep. He, he even goes and, and he makes sure that you get sleep when you are accomplishing these things. He gives you rest when you're working inside of his will. Now, that doesn't mean that you go and become a sluggard. We talked about that in the Proverbs study that we looked at a few months ago. But but it's one of those things that it is important for you to understand. You cannot outwork the will of God. You cannot go and work so hard to, to, to change the course of the will of God. No, if you work against the will of God, it becomes vanity. And the perfect example of this is Jonah. You know, Jonah worked hard to get out of the will of God. He went the opposite way. He paid for the fare of a ticket so that he might go the other way in a boat. He even went and said, look, to the mariners, you know, look, just just go and cast me into the sea. Kill me. Commit suicide is what Jonah was essentially going and saying there. I would rather die in the depths of the sea, drown, than I would go and to preach to the Ninevites. And yet it was all in vain. It was all in vain when he labored against the will of God. But we also want to look at the family here because that's really pertinent and prominent in these two passages or these two chapters of Scripture. It says in verse 3, Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord. The fruit of the womb is a reward. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior, so are the children of one's youth. Happy is the man who has a quiver full of them. They shall not be ashamed, but they shall speak with their enemies in the gate. Now, I want you to realize something because this is, this is completely contrary to our society today. Children are a blessing from God. Children are a blessing from God, and if you have children, if you're raising them right, and we're going to look at raising them right here in just a little bit in Psalm 128, but but if you're raising them right, you can have a legacy that goes out and accomplishes incredibly great things. You know, you 
you think about Israel and all of the patriarchs in, in the Old Testament and Genesis and Exodus and then uh, so on and so forth. After that, they went and they pointed back to Abraham. They went and they pointed back to Abraham, which is incredible to stop and to, to, to think about that all these people going and saying, you know, our father Abraham, we, we are children of Abraham. And, and essentially all of the great things that, that, that happen in the Old Testament, all of the incredible prophets who do great things for God, all of these, the, these priests who do great things for God, all of the good kings, well, they're, they're essentially, most of them, uh, they can trace their lineage, maybe all of them, back to Abraham. Isn't that a blessing? Abraham has lasting fruit that works far beyond his earthly life that he will get to his account spiritually. There will be a part of that that he was responsible for, and I believe he'll get a reward of that on Judgment Day. You know, you want that kind of a reward. And if you have children and you view children as a blessing and you realize that they go out and they accomplish things and, and they're taking your name as they're accomplishing things for Christ, that's an incredible thing. That's an incredible legacy that's being left. But then Psalm 128 says, Blessed is everyone who fears the Lord who walk in his ways. When you eat the labor of your hands, you shall be happy, and it shall be well with you. Your wife shall be a fruitful vine in the very heart of your house. Your children like all plants all around your table. Behold, thus shall the man be blessed who fears the Lord. The Lord bless you out of Zion, and may you see the good of Jerusalem all the days of your life. Yes, may you see your children's children. Peace be upon Israel. I want you to realize here, part of raising your children right now, obviously we're not going to be going super far into this, but one principle that is absolutely vital is that you live a life that is characterized by fearing God. Is that how your life is lived? Do you consider God's judgments, what he has said about a topic before you make a decision? When you go to make a big decision in your life, do you consult God and the authorities that God has placed in your life? If not, you're not fearing God. You're not looking to God. It's so important that your life is characterized by the fear of God, because if you do that, there is a promise right here in Psalm 128 that your life is going to be blessed. The, when you eat the, the, the labor of your hands, you're going to be happy. It's going to be well with you. That's the first thing. Your, your labor, your work, your economics are going to be blessed if you fear God. There is going to be a satisfying and an enjoyment with what you produce if you live your life inside the fear of God. The next thing is, is your relationship with your spouse. It goes and it says your wife or your spouse will be a fruitful vine and in the heart of your house, your children, then like all the plants all around your table. Think about this. A, a, a vine, it grows up a trellis and it adorns a trellis. You know, a trellis is pretty pointless. A trellis is pretty pointless without a vine, 
right? I mean, it might look nice. You might be able to go into paint it white and make it look real nice out there, but people will go by and they're like, wow, why you got that weird thing out there? I mean, sure, it looks kind of nice, but what is it doing? But but when you put a vine on it, especially a beautiful vine, one that's supposed to be there, it goes and it adorns that trellis and it produces fruit. Husbands, if you fear the Lord and live your life inside the fear of the Lord, what ends up happening is that your wife adorns you and she produces fruit inside your house. Isn't that a blessing? You become the stability for your wife and you create an environment where she goes and she adorns you, makes you look good, and is producing all kinds of fruit in her life. And then, of course, you have your children around your table as olive plants. Now, this is important to realize your children around your table. What does that mean? It means that they're coming for fellowship. It means that they're coming to you for nourishment. It means that they're coming to you for advice and counsel. But where does this all start? This starts with you fearing God. And of course, that plays right into the beginning of Psalm 127, unless the Lord builds you labor in vain. Your life needs to be considering God. And more than considering it, it needs to actively be pursuing the will of God. And if you do that, there is going to be great blessings and your life will not be in vain. So today, fear God and pursue His will. Well, thank you for listening today. And remember Joshua 1, 8, 9 as we depart. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you, be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. we trust in Jesus, sometimes he leaves us waiting for his hand to move. But even in darkness, we hold to the promise. There's nothing we can't overcome. So that war you've been fighting will end in God's timing. Sing like the battle's been won. Then you feel it, the song that is rising. Then you can't help but let it out. If you're trusting in faith, even now.